Hello and welcome to the Wellness Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Taff, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Orla Swan, also known as the Health Hun. Orla is a female health coach and specializes in supporting women with their relationship with food and their body, with PCOS and hormones, and with gut health. This is such a great conversation, so I'm so delighted to be sharing it with you. And I also wanted to say that myself and Orla were literally on opposite sides of the world when we recorded this, so the sound may not be as good a quality as you're used to from the other episodes, but it is still really, really easily listened to, and it is so worth tuning in to this conversation. So wherever you are, I hope you enjoy, and as always, please do let me know, and let's get into the episode. So Orla, welcome to the podcast. I am so delighted to have you on. Um, What I ask all of my guests to do is before we get started, would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself, your work and what you do, and then we can get into our chats. Yeah, of course. Um, My name is Orla Swan, also known as The Health One on Instagram. Um, I am a nutritionist slash health coach. And um, still figuring my title out a little bit. Um, and I specialize working with female health and uh, three kind of niche areas, I suppose. One is female hormones, um, one is gut health, and one is relationship with food and body. Um, so, yeah, I work, I've, I've really expanded what I do. Like, I used to be just a nutritionist, but now I'm kind of um, fortunate enough to be doing events in person women's circles and um, online workshops and masterclasses and stuff like that as well. So yeah. I And I've been looking as well because I think we've been following each other on Instagram since like the start. Like I remember um, when you had recently set up your Instagram page and I had, I think, just started the Lifestyle Clinic. So I'd like, it's so cool to watch like, yeah. you kind of like me, like you you started off in like just kind of nutrition and focusing on that area of health and then expanded into like, more of a holistic um approach which is so nice to watch and for this episode I think for all you guys listening and I can relate as well things that we struggle with I definitely want to talk to you about body relationship because I don't think there's any woman Mm -hmm. that is listening to this who hasn't struggled in some way with their relationship with their body or maybe has ongoing struggles with it and love to just pick your brains and see if we can get some tips and information for them especially at the start of the year um yeah so what I would love to chat about first and something that I remember on my own journey that I would see a lot of the time is learning to love your body so this idea of going from really strongly disliking how we look and how we feel in our body to trying to love it and that was something I found really hard because I just couldn't get there and I don't know if I'll ever get to that point where I love my body and I look and I'm like, oh, I love everything about it. Could we talk a bit about maybe changing that narrative to looking at body acceptance or how we can kind of change our mindset around that to just not feel so, such resentment and, and, and dislike towards our body. Do you have any advice for any of us, any of us listening? Yeah, yeah, like you hit the nail on the head. I think that like going from 
self-loathing to self-love is a massive massive leap and to expect yourself to do that is absolutely so unrealistic and so unnecessary and um, so like you're kind of setting yourself up to fail and it's almost like a blame game then because why can't you be like these people on Instagram that can just love themselves and can just embrace all parts of their body and what people have to understand is like body image and kind of feeling good in yourself and feeling connected to your body isn't just about how you look it's about how you feel and it's, it's not just about how your body it's about your whole self so like what I found on my own journey is like I've gone through waves of being like okay now I accept myself now I love myself and something else will happen again and I'm like okay now I really feel disconnected again and I'm almost like kind of even further unselled because I'm like oh what the fuck happened there I oh sorry can I curse <laughs> yeah of course you can curse of course you can curse <laughs> sorry I always have to check um but I always have to check. I always have to um I sorry I always look back and I'm kind of like unsettled by the fact that basically how did I kind of put all that work in and how did we get to a certain point and it, it almost feels like you're going back to square one so it is always going to be a journey and I suppose what the first step is I always say to clients and kind of anyone listen I suppose is work on that first step of neutrality so really trying to work on not entertaining your inner critic not entertaining that inner bitch that's really in your ear and like it's not just negative self-talk it can be very like intrusive thoughts and stuff like that and to kind of work through that you might have further layers of like work to do with your hormones or with your digestion or with stress or with inflammation and um, with any sort of disordered eating making sure you're feeling safe in your body safe in your environment these are all factors that can influence and like increase the likelihood of having those intrusive thoughts of having that negative self-talk so we always think it's just about affirmations and looking in the mirror and telling yourself three positive things every morning and while that can help and that can be a really big step in the right direction for some people sometimes it feels forced and sometimes it's like about it's almost like gaslighting yourself or like toxic positivity to try and convince yourself of something that you don't believe is true. So don't expect yourself to do that. Start with just not entertaining the negative. Really work on figuring out why it is that you're so disconnected from your body and why it is your body is so distressed. And then you can move towards a place of feeling peace, a place of feeling love for your whole self, not just not just your body. Again, if we separate our body of this thing that we need to love, again, it's creating that disconnect. Um, but yeah, it's always going to be a journey. Like even through a stage of the menstrual cycle, you'll find your body changes with, you know, increased water retention, your mood shifts, and you're just like, oh, here we are again. Here's our inner critic. Here's our inner Karen or inner Sheila or whatever you want to call her. Um, and yeah, once, once you kind of recognize that, once you can kind of separate the, your, yourself from that voice, you'll be able to move forward. And that's funny you said about the menstrual cycle because I was going to say that I noticed such a massive difference like the four or five days before my period starts in how I feel about myself. And it was only, I think it was a couple, two months ago. Um, And my husband, Gavin, like he knows because he's like, you just go a bit batshit crazy <laughs> about how you look and you're just like obsessed with this stuff. And it was, it's actually really funny. So I have... um. This doesn't bother me whatsoever, but it was a couple of months ago and I was due to get my period. And when I was um, a baby, um, when I was still in the womb, basically I was lying on one of my ears, but it was like pushed forward. So it didn't, It very slight difference, but it doesn't look the exact same as my other ear, right? I'm 31. I haven't given, I don't care about it. Like it doesn't bother me. I don't even notice it. Like it's just, it's, it's not, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. This month before... I sent an inquiry to a plastic surgeon 
I was literally like, I wow. need to get this ear sorted. Like I hate it so much. It sticks out when oh, I wear my oh, hair up. I feel God. so crap on myself. And all of those thoughts, it, it was just like floods of them, but I was so hormonal and my PMS was just really bad that month. And afterwards, I was like, oh, I don't really know why I cared that much. Like it, it just doesn't bother <laughs> me. But it was just that difference in yeah. I just how how I felt about myself. And I noticed it every month, how I feel in myself and about my body changes and get so much worse around that time. Um mm. so yeah, I think I'm sure for anyone listening, you can probably relate to <laughs> feeling like <laughs> so different about your body over the course of a month and like you said like how our body looks changes a lot as well like even um like we're, we'll probably talk about it a bit in a while but how stress affects how our body looks like there's so many factors that change like in terms of my causes to feel bloated or retain water and stuff um but yeah I just thought it was funny you said that about the about PMS in your cycle Sorry, and that's that's a benefit, I suppose, of tracking your menstrual cycle because then you're going to be aware. So if you know that on the third week of the month that, you know, this is going to be something that is heightened, you know that, okay, we're having the thought this week, what stage of my cycle is? Ah, it's PMS. We're just not even going to go there. You know, it can be something that you're prepared for that you can be like, okay, this isn't actually me. This is the hormones talking. And I'm actually going to, instead of, you know, instead of further exacerbating that and feeding the thoughts I'm going to try and practice some self-love this week I'm going to try and do something for myself to nourish my body and really just take that little bit you know a little bit be a little bit more aware but also kind of offset or counteract I suppose with that self-care and with the slowing down as well yeah and I love what you said about um observing like I love like I think about it as like standing on the balcony and just kind of watching my thoughts instead of like being them and taking them as do or die and that I have to do everything that they say so is mindfulness um something that you really advocate to the people you work with to help them with that yeah massively um so I've done um I've done a trauma-informed um certification and basically they talk a lot about nervous system regulation um because I suppose in that sense in that side of your nervous system when you're in your fight or flight you're emotional and you're irrational so it's not going to be easy for you to kind of talk yourself out of the thoughts because you know you're kind of fighting against irrationality and it just doesn't really end well so it's like if you focus on regulating your body through breathing through mindfulness and kind of slowing it down doing it one thing at a time that can actually help reset you um in terms of your nervous system and bringing you into part of your nervous system that helps you feel calm and nourished and if at the very least just grounded and neutral. So I really, really emphasize, um, put an emphasis on clients doing meditation or deep breathing. So like one massive thing that I can say to people to do is to practice regular um, uh, like breath work of some sort. So whether that's um, like actual breath work, whether that is just through yoga, whether it's through meditation, whether it's through taking a few deep breaths on your lunch break and just resetting from there, it can have a massive impact on everything from your digestion to your hormones to your mood to your ability to eat mindfully and intuitively and so on so I just think that's so impactful for everyone listening to start doing that daily (laughs) yeah because it's like and something I always say is like you can't think your way out of stress so you can't just be sitting there I'm not going to think about this anymore I'm going to stop doing this because it's happening in your body it's not it's not just in your mind Mm. um so I love that to, to just think of 
tools and things that you can do that connect your mind and your body. So like you said, your yoga or your breath work. I listened to, a, I found a gorgeous one on YouTube last night. Just, I was feeling like really in my head. I was like, no, I want to just pause and I need to just get back into my body and just calm down. And it was like seven minutes mm-hmm. and just the difference in how I felt. And you can feel that shift in your nervous system. Yeah. Um. So I love that. So in terms for everyone listening, then if you think about it, like, like Orla has said, maybe creating a list of little things that you could do um, could be an idea, like you said, your breath work or your yoga or your meditation. And when you're feeling really kind of heightened and stressed and overwhelmed and and you notice your, your mind is really busy to try and practice reaching for those those tools. I think that's something I wish I knew years ago. I had no idea that stuff like that would actually help. I kind of used to just sit in the the feeling and the thoughts I'm like okay hopefully this is going to pass at some stage I'm like I don't really know what to do here yeah I know I know it's 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 about learning the tools yeah learning the tools and using the tools and then you can actually help yourself move forward um but like no one teaches us how to regulate our emotions like like growing up in Ireland you just don't talk about feelings you just get the fuck on with it like so as adults we're all dealing with emotions and coping in ways that don't serve us so we're like coping through disordered eating we're coping through kind of addictive patterns with alcohol or drugs or smoking or even scrolling on our phone um and we think by suppressing it or by ignoring it that it's going to go away or like you said trying to just it just stay stuck in it and hope something resolves itself it doesn't actually go away so when you actually learn the tools it's almost like you get your power back because then you can actually move forward with this tool that actually serves you um not the way that not ignoring not suppressing not hoping it goes away <laughs> yeah I love that you get your power back when you know what to do and you have you're armed with stuff that actually helps you and I think that especially in terms of like I notice a massive difference in my mental health since I've learned that because I don't feel like that powerless anymore I'm like okay I feel a bit shit today but I know exactly what I can do to support myself and try and just give myself a bit of grace and instead of being like oh shut up and get on would it be like this is totally understandable you're you're feeling shit that's okay and just again like you said there we're we're taught to just get on with it and especially for well for men as well but for women we have such a harsh inner dialogue about ourselves and very little compassion for how we're feeling or or anything it's very much just a you're fine just keep going everything's grand and and that affects our health a lot and it's 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 so nice to have conversations about it and help people be more aware of it yeah yeah it's needed it's absolutely needed because like literally what you'll see is you're not alone in this like majority of us are a generation that hasn't been taught how to cope so if we all realize that we're all in this together that creates more connection as well um, and I suppose then you can have more empathy and compassion for others which might have a knock-on effect with more empathy and compassion you can have for yourself because you're like oh this person's dealing with this and so am I um I don't actually judge them as much as I'm judging myself and that that can be a really beneficial thing to use that like I suppose we're so quick to criticize ourselves we're so quick to put ourselves down to call ourselves every name under the sun and even like the most basic thing of calling ourselves lazy like I'll get clients coming to me and they'll be like yeah I'm just a bit lazy when it comes to exercise I'm like you're not lazy you're burnt out you're juggling quite a lot um you're also really stressed over your hormones and you don't really know what's going on so let's cut the lazy self-talk <laughs> yeah yeah 
Oh, absolutely. And that's what I would love to to chat as well a bit about exercise, because I I suppose if you have clients coming to you who might just be exercising purely to change how their body looks, does that Mm -hmm. have a big impact then on their relationship with their body? And I suppose it's kind of harder to to feel better better body when exercise we're just going to change it because I remember for years that's the only reason I exercised I would have this five-day program where I would go and I'd be like okay I need to change this about my legs or I need to change this about my arms and it was just all about how I looked um and it was it it was really it wasn't good for me yeah it just was not good yeah what I really tried to help clients understand is that like um your why behind everything that you do matters and can be the deciding factor for whether you do things with purpose or you're doing things because you feel you have to and then I suppose if you think you're doing something because you have to when you don't have the energy to do things you're only going to do the things that you know that make you feel good or that you've got purpose and there's like you know there's a reason behind it whereas the things that you're doing just because you feel guilty or because you feel you have to you're not going to do that um, so I try to get clients to reframe the reason why they exercise. So like an example could be PCOS clients. Resistance training is massively, massively beneficial for um, supporting insulin resistance and helping with PCOS management. So they would have had, like, it's really common that they'll have years of a doctor basically saying, you just need to lose weight. You just need to lose weight. You just need to lose weight. So their only reason for exercising is to shrink themselves and to lose weight. And yes, it may be appropriate to shift body composition for a certain uh, portion of the population. Like, that's fine. I'm not dis- disputing that. But it's a very disempowering place to come from where you're exercising just to shrink yourself, just because someone keeps telling you and keeps reminding you that, like, the version of you needs to change. Like, you're not good enough as you are. Um, so it's like, okay, let's shift towards something that makes me feel good or something that has purpose like weight training I'm going to feel stronger I'm going to see myself progress I'm going to feel more confident in myself that I can do things um, and I'm actually going to be able to see my health improve that way versus oh okay I need to go to the gym now because I just had a chip around the weekend and you know I have to make sure that that's cancelled out and all this diet culture talk <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And it's it's hard to move away from as well cuz you you I I find that I feel like I'm on a really good path with it and I've kind of really stepped forward in in just changing my why. And then as soon as I go on Instagram, I'm just met with so many people who are putting up training sessions and they're doing it for composition or transformations and then I'm like, "Oh, should I be doing that? Do I need to change this or do I need to change that?" And I think as well, um like I struggled with disordered eating for years and I noticed that it's I'm still quite easily triggered even now when I've massively improved my relationship with myself and my body but small things will bring up a lot of stuff like even mm. if I have I have to do um checkups for my heart and they do your weight at every one and I just say to the nurse and I go in I'm like look I totally get you have to weigh me but you mind not telling me yeah. what it is I just it, it's not great for me I just don't enjoy knowing what it is I'm feeling really good I feel healthy and and my why is to just move for my health and to feel better and they tell me every time and I'm like I don't want to know what I weigh please don't tell me and then sometimes mm-hmm. they go into like well your BMI is this and with BMI of course yeah. like my BMI says I'm overweight and it's it's just these conversations and I'm like 
it, it sends me off into a bit of a, again, I just noticed that dialogue, my mind kind of panicking a little bit, but because I, I've practiced a lot of mindfulness, I can kind of observe it now where I'm like, this is okay. This is just happening because of this. You're doing great. But like, and, and using that self-talk. Um, but do you, like, again, then I was, there's so many points I want to, <laughs> to reply to. <laughs> in terms of using your why, I only in this part of um, the new year, 2023, I have used my journal so much for writing down my why for stuff, even stuff I feel fearful about. So like I was doing my goals, um, just career goals and stuff that I would love to do this year. And I want to just experience some. And I was just met with a lot of resistance and I just feeling a bit like, oh, I think that's a bit big for me. And instead I, I flipped it and I was like, okay, why would I like to do this? And I just went into a bit of a flow of like how enjoyable it feels to me and meeting new people and, and all the reasons that it feels good to me. And that resistance, mm. it all, it just kind of melted away. It was like a massive shift. And now anytime I feel that come up, I just go back to my why. So I love that you said that because it's, it's helps so much. Yeah, it, it's visualizing almost because it's like holding on to the future version of yourself that you know is possible. And what's important for people on the journey is like just because there's a future version of yourself or your higher self that you're trying to strive towards doesn't mean the version of you in the present moment is like unworthy and is not good enough. Like we can always be striving. We can always be wanting to do better, but it is important to like acknowledge where you are right now that that is absolutely fine on your journey and to not to not rush it um but I suppose visualizing through journaling is really impactful because like you said you've got to feel into how that felt for you and we can be driven as humans by emotions um we attack like we can make decisions to avoid ple- uh, to avoid pain or feel pleasure so I suppose if we can really like you know leverage off that and really help ourselves feel okay well if I want to feel really good towards the end of this what is it that's going to make me feel good? Oh, what's going to make me feel good is feeling into the fact I want to be strong, not the fact that I want to feel, um, you know, someone in the office is going to compliment my weight loss. Like it's, it's, you just have to really sift through the goals. And like, even like you're really good there in terms of like being like, you went straight to the vision of, you know, you've kind of, you've done a lot of work, I suppose, in terms of rewording what's actually empowering versus what's not going to help you. But for anyone listening, I suppose, like if you write down your goal for the first time, there's a useful exercise we can do like a five whys um, that you kind of like write down the first why. And maybe the first why is um, to look good or to fit in size 10 or to whatever. If you kind of drill further down, you might then find the emotion behind it. And that can really help you change and rewire that and say, okay, well, am I only dieting because I want to be, I want to feel connected to my partner or am I only dieting because I want to feel accepted by people in my area or whatever, or is it something to do with my health? And you'll actually get closer then to what it is that you're trying to get out of this diet. And maybe there's something else you need to do, or maybe there's something additional on top of that that you need to have a look at as well. Um, But you made such a good point about the weighing scales, like, just for anyone listening, like you are so in your right to like put a boundary in place that you don't want to know your weight. Like that is within your right. And it's really, really pisses me off because like, like you said, you have a history of disordered eating and that could trigger someone that has an active eating disorder or someone who had a previous eating disorder. And, you know, there's a lot to be said about the BMI and yeah, maybe there is a certain percentage of body fat that's appropriate if it's inflammatory or whatever, but 
I always say like someone could be like in the best body, the leanest shape or eating all the clean foods or whatever shite you want to say, but mentally they're struggling and mentally they're miserable. So like, is that really healthy? You kind of have to like have a look, take a step back and look at it more holistically, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you were saying there about kind of changing how we look at stuff. Do you listen to Abraham Hicks? I don't anymore. It's actually funny you mention that because one of my housemates has mentioned it the other day. I was like, I must listen to it again. <laughs> I just remember it was kind of at the very start of my journey where I was listening and just learning to kind of look at things differently and I love what she she says about just pivoting so like imagining that there's two ends of the stick and one end is the the lack and the other end is like the presence or the abundance and I always remind myself to try and pivot how I look at stuff and that was why I started writing down my why's because it just helped me pivot from the fear side and all the stuff that could go wrong to the 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 why side and the 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 good feelings and the abundance side of it um yeah, that was just a really random thing that. that came into my head because I only did it during the week. <laughs> <laughs> you saying pivot reminds me of, you know, Ross from Friends and they're bringing in yeah. the couch and they're like, pivot, pivot. <laughs> yeah. And I always think of that as well when a talk comes in. I'm like, nope, pivot that one because that is not empowering <laughs> and that is not going to help you feel good. And it just, I then go to, I'm like, why would I like that instead of the original thought? And again, empowering and it just excites me and, and releases my resistance it's just really simple, like really something really simple I use my journal for and it just it really helps. Um, so I love that. It's it's funny how so much stuff crosses over. Like I remember when I started training in like I qualified as a nurse and then I went in and did my nutritionist training and personal training. I was so afraid of kind of stepping into a more holistic, like whole person approach to stuff. Like I was so scared because I was like, I don't know what people are going to, how they're going to like receive like receive this so they're going to be like oh she's mad like what is she talking about this woo woo yeah this woo woo stuff but it's just it it's all intertwined like we can't have one without the other yeah and I know I see that in your work as well like you your circles and stuff that you're doing and how all of that supports your work with people's physical health Mm, yeah and and mental health and spiritual health because like people forget that your health isn't just physical like it is mental it is emotional it is spiritual um and I suppose if you think about people like not having like a spiritual faith and like like everyone has their own right to choose their like opinions respect all that um in terms of their faith and what they believe but I just feel like there's a big shift happening and people are moving towards like having something to connect with people over, having some sort of faith, having some sort of hope. Um, and there's so much self-development in it as well. Like a lot of people would like turn a, turn their nose up at spirituality, but like you can literally like change your whole world. You can change your whole mindset. You can become a much happier, healthier, aligned version of yourself and not feel like you're pushing against a wall all the time. You know, you can get more connected to, what you actually want from life you can get more connected to the people in your life um and I was the same as you that I was afraid to talk about this stuff online because everything I did is so logical and so like sciencey and how can I talk about you know angel cards and reiki and all this shit that's not proven but like I really do think that there's everything is connected and 
you can't really ignore one area of your life. And I think that's how I started. I'd be like, okay, now I've figured it out with the science. Okay, now I've figured it out with the nutrition. Okay, now I've figured it out with the mental health. I'm like, no, it, it, there's actually more to it. Like you could, oh, I have so many examples, but I suppose just for anyone who's not into this, it's just be open-minded. Just give yourself a, a few months to just dip your toe on a few things and see what happens. You don't have to like fully believe in things or not believe in things. But I think when you start to be a bit more open-minded, you start to believe in the magic a little bit more. <laughs> oh yeah. And I was, I was someone who was so like, and it, like even like my, my family and stuff, like it's just not something I would ever have been open to or if you had a talk about it, I'd be like, oh, what shite is she talking about? Like, I have no idea what that is. Don't, <laughs> don't want to know. And then when I was sick, when I was in my early 20s, I really, I just, it was just a, a an experience that caused me to ask for more and to look for more. And I would honestly mm. say that it is the reason for my health and happiness today. Like it changed the direction of everything for me and that's why I love like you to talk about spiritual self-care and to talk about those tools and I totally get that feeling of resistance and that feeling of oh I don't know but like you said it's just about one step at a time just exploring and seeing Mm -hmm. and there's there's I think there is underneath it all there's a part of all of us that is interested or that that it resonates with and it's just even if that's only one percent at the moment to just dabble see see how it goes because it can it can really change so much it's mad Mm -mm. like people will try um like classes and stuff and they'll go to them like we did an event here in sydney um and we because we've been in bali and myself and my friend kiva we had been exposed to this stuff quite a lot so we just kind of had an expectation that people were going to know what we were talking about and what we were doing and we did a yoga class um we did um a nutrition talk on like relationship with food and body we did like journaling prompts kind of in alignment with the moon and with visualization and breath work and the feedback we got was i had never even tried journaling i didn't even know what this moon stuff was i didn't even know what breath work was and we were like oh my god so like if you're not alone in that like and there's so there's so much coming out there now that's just like so accessible and there's so much stuff online as well if you're kind of embarrassed to go to a class you can start off online um but like even just pick one thing and don't don't even try to find other thing what I would say is to try and like connect with what feels good for you so like I first tried meditation and I thought it was for hippies and I was like I don't have time for this this is weird this is making me slow down I'm too busy I can't do this and it wasn't until like a few months in that I was like okay I think as I take a step back from this stuff, I realize how distressed my body is. So it wasn't like while I was doing it that I was like, oh, I'm enlightened. It was that I realized what it was adding to my life. And then I tried Reiki, even first time doing Reiki, I was like, mm, kind of felt this, but that's a coincidence. And I suppose you're okay to have your doubts. You're okay to kind of, you know, not believe in it. And I, what I actually did was there's... um a great she's I follow the manifestation lib and um, she did a podcast so back in 2020 the year the year, <laughs> Doom year. year yeah literally <laughs> at the end of the year I listened to the podcast I just discovered her and she said she did a one-year experiment to basically just be open-minded for the year try new things and see what happened and I did that and I was so like 
cynical before. I was very much in my science brain, like, you know, something's not real, that can't be proven. And there were so many things that happened from me being open-minded that I couldn't explain that I was like, okay, maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's stuff we don't know. And, you know, ever since I've just seen more and more amazing stuff happen um, through any forms of like, um, you know, breathwork sessions, mind uh, meditation, plant medicine, you know, doing some visualization and manifestation. And it just, if anything that someone can take from it, like even if they still don't believe in the magic, just know that you're getting more connected to yourself. You're getting more connected to what you want from yourself. You know, you can heal from the conditioning. That's kind of, you know, we all have conditioning. We all have things that have happened to us throughout our life. And these are tools. These are modalities that can help you just feel a little bit more at peace. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's all about feeling better and having a happier life. And that is, that's why I kept going with it and and like you once I started seeing the difference that it was making and as well even like I find that through like hard times and when stuff is going wrong I am a lot more resilient and I have a lot more trust in in life than I would have ever before like I would have struggled a lot more with with difficult things happening you almost have like this new bit of resilience because you still like even when shit's hitting the fan, I still trust that it's going to be okay and that things are going to work out. Whereas before, I would have been like, oh, no, fucked. <laughs> Everything <laughs> is falling apart. Like, I don't know. It's never going to work Not out. Fair. And it's just, yeah. But the difference, and I can just kind of, I can keep moving forward and just leaning into to that, I suppose, that bigger part of me that I know I know now is there, but it's been years. Um. So yeah, for anyone listening, let this be your little maybe 2023 is the time you just kind of open up your yourself to seeing what happens and you don't have to go all in mm. yeah um because yeah it makes a big difference to your health and your happiness um but I could talk about it all day to be honest <laughs> there's so much to talk about <laughs> me too <laughs> but I wanted to ask you some questions as well around good health while we're on the whole kind of um, mind body connection because something that this podcast really covers a lot is stress and for years I had no idea that stress was actually having an impact on my gut or I, I just didn't know the connection between my mind and my body that I was going if I was going through a stressful time that it was I could be bloated or I could it could affect my my gut can you tell us a bit about the effect that stress has on our digestion and our gut to help listeners understand why they may have certain symptoms when they're stressed mm-hmm. of course yeah so um like you said a lot of us uh like don't know this stuff because I suppose the research is only it's relatively new in the last um like five to eight years or so um but basically we've got a gut brain connection so we've got nerves that go from our gut to our brain and vice versa so your gut can communicate to your brain and your brain can communicate to your gut so like if you've got distress in your gut from like inflammation you've got dysregulation in your gut microbiome and you know you've got don't eat enough fiber all these kind of basic things that can influence that that can impact your mental health that can impact your mood and likewise if your mental health is not good if you're in a good place if you're not um regulated if you're stressed if there's too much going on 
not getting enough sleep, all those kind of basic things as well, that impacts your gut health. So it is, it can almost be a bit of a vicious cycle. People can get stuck in and it can almost feel like they don't know how to move forward. So like I would always recommend working with a nutritionist or a health coach that kind of specializes in this area. If you've got like symptoms that, you know, if they're ongoing and you've got chronic symptoms it is worth investigating so i suppose for people to understand so i never knew that constipation was not normal i always was like this is something i've had since i'm younger so this is just this is just the card i've been dealt and i just have to deal with it but it's not it's it's actually i've got ibs constipation predominant um and i don't suffer with regular constipation anymore so it, it is possible gals um but basically i so constipation diarrhea um, chronic bloating and distension they're not normal acid reflux um you know feeling like you've got um like even the kind of this symptoms of anxiety and stuff like that if they're linked to your gut health um that can be something that's worth worth investigating so you know we always just be like okay well i'll just have a black coffee and that'll sort it out but it's, it's really to kind of move away from stimulants or any sort of like laxatives or anything like that and try to go to the root of whatever that issue is. Um, and we tend to kind of brush it off as just an annoying, uncomfortable symptom, even like flatulence or farting or whatever, what I call it. It's just like an annoying thing or an embarrassing thing. But it is actually something that can impact like your relationship with food, your relationship with your body. If you're feeling inflamed, if you've got a lot of water retention, um, you're not going to feel comfortable in yourself if you're bloated and you're, you know, your, your clothes aren't fit and right. These are all things that have a ma- massive knock-on effect with the rest of your health. So it's definitely, definitely worth having a look at. And like I said, having a look at the gut-brain connection, having a look at your diet, having a look at anything that can be influencing the gut microbiome as well. Um, so yeah, they're all things that can really, I suppose, contribute to poor gut health. Yeah. And does dieting affect gut health? Uh, yeah, it can. Not necessarily, but it could if someone is doing it and they're feeling anxious over it or if they're not getting enough energy. And so a lot of people would resort to extreme dieting. Um, if you resort to extreme dieting, what you might see, might see is your thyroid gets affected. So your thyroid is a gland in your throat and typically that can, it basically regulates your metabolism. So people might like have heard of slow metabolism before and it's not that people just have a slow metabolism or fast metabolism it can actually be as a result of chronic stress or chronic dieting so your body is very intelligent okay if we're not getting enough energy coming through your body will say okay we need to start preserving energy because she's not eating enough food and starts to kind of like adapt to you know counteract that so it's like it's i would say it's kind of like an audit situation where they go into different departments it's like okay let's go into the digestive system now shut that down to 60 percent we're making some job cuts there uh go into the menstrual cycle department we can't have enough food to provide for ourselves this month so there's no way we're having a baby so we're going to interfere with the hormones there um maybe that could even look like losing a menstrual cycle um if this goes on long term so it can indirectly and it can also if it's disordered and it's created and so much distress for the individual um, that it creates that gut brain connection trigger and you're stimulated and you're heightened I suppose like if you think about your fight or flight system is almost like a fire internally if you keep adding food to that fire that's like fuel it's just creating more fire whereas if you had a distinguished fire so you've got like a calm regulated nervous system and you're adding fuel to it there's no 
spark to light it up and to keep to keep it going you know um so yeah indirectly yes it can it doesn't always translate that way but another factor could be people will remove high calorie foods such as fats and um, which are really beneficial to have such as fiber so you know you typically see okay high carbohydrate high um, protein and that's all you need to have or even low carbohydrates um and you know you do need that fiber to offset the high protein content to be supporting your gut microbiome you need diverse ranges of fruit and vegetables whole grain fluxes nuts seeds all that good stuff as well yeah and that's what I was going to ask so if someone is listening and they want to start looking after their gut health maybe they're experiencing some mild symptoms like just some bloating some days maybe constipated um where what is the best place to start so what are some things they could start doing this week to just start giving their their gut health some TLC yeah so what I, I always say is like I suppose this is like a blanket information but there's definitely like subpopulations like what I'm finding is a lot of um, people are coming to me and they're undiagnosed with IBS so you may not realize that you have got an un, a condition there basically that's interfering with this and you could be the average person who has just got constipation and just has diarrhea um, and you know there could be things that you just tweak with fiber or slowing down or doing more mindfulness and things like that that will support that um, but you may be someone who needs a little bit more attention and a little bit more support with like triggers and kind of identifying your sweet spot with certain fibers as well um, but I suppose on a basic level people don't eat enough fiber and the right types of fiber um, so like you've got soluble fiber and insoluble fiber soluble fiber basically absorbs like a gel like consistency so it kind of makes everything pass along a lot smoother um, and you've got insoluble fiber which basically creates like a bulk and typically around this time of year like January dieting I'll see a lot of kind of heavy salads and they'd be full of like kind of raw vegetables cabbagey kind of materials and a lot of that is insoluble fiber and there's not enough soluble fiber to counteract that and um, so soluble fiber like flaxseed is really high in it it's brilliant root vegetables like um you know carrots parsley turnip um sweet potato even some um oats as well so people just need to be kind of including some more of the right things um and i suppose if people have gut health issues what they try to do is excluding or restricting or finding the problem food um and that can also create further distress with your gut brain connection so it's kind of like okay let's pause the trying to find the problem and see what's missing from my diet like did I have a really stressful work week where I tried to fit in all my appointments um after work every single day this week um and you know not give myself a second did I take a few minutes to sit mindfully and have a cup of tea before the day starts or did I roll out of bed and panic and scream house down you <laughs> so like it's a lot of basic things that we can have a look if we kind of look at it holistically rather than going straight to like the nitty-gritty details um that may be an issue but it may not be the biggest issue that would give you the most um most progress i suppose with seeing results yeah and it's funny you said that as well about the mornings because again i had no idea that that kind of stuff was connected to my physical body so like when i was working full-time as a nurse i would roll out of bed at half six have a black coffee jump in my car in a rush <laughs> trying to get into my shift and then the day could be like you might get a snack at lunchtime you might have a chance for another coffee and of course like my I was bloated and felt really uncomfortable but like my good health it was definitely affected by the the constant stress the the black coffees the lack of food the lack of nutrients 
but I didn't really connect the two again I wasn't aware of like the mind that mind body connection so I love that you said that that even like down to how you spend your morning how you start your day and the, the, the how you feel going into work really does make a difference like even having your breakfast like I used to be like oh if I if I didn't sk- didn't have breakfast if I didn't have time surely I'm not going to be bloated because I haven't eaten but if you're getting up and having your black coffee mm. and no food and you're on the go all day like that that affects your 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 stomach and, and how your gut is as well so it's nice to have those reminders and should everyone be taking because this is another thing that I see a lot a probiotic uh no I don't recommend that everyone does um like you would benefit taking it once a year or if you were sick or if you had food poisoning or if you were on antibiotics absolutely for those kind of indications um or if you do have some sort of issue with constipation diarrhea ibs ibd anything like that there would be specific strains that would be you know relevant and appropriate for those those issues but it's kind of sold with a lot of marketing and there's like particular brands that are sold as like it's going to be a cure-all and it's like okay well you can keep taking probiotics and wasting your money and then at the same time you're not actually getting so like you can keep taking the the healthy bacteria but if you're not actually going to provide them with the right environment or the right food um to help them thrive and stay there in your in your in your gut you are wasting your money at the same time so this is the fact that people will miss um and yeah there's a lot of brands that will be heavily influenced and stuff and, and there's nothing wrong with that but it's also like you do need to look at the specific strain you do need to look at what it is you're taking it for and taking it for longer than like a week or a month um if you have had you know so today an example I had Bali Belly there um for a while in Bali um and I had to take it for I took it for two months I think and I went and looked at specific strains um that was like diverse and had multiple different strains because if you think about it like I've been flushed out um of my dignity as well (laughs) basically I have to make sure that I'm getting (laughs) I have to make sure that I'm getting the diversity back in versus one brand that might only have one strain or even three strains you're not really getting you're not really kind of making up for what happened and and you're never going to fully do that but it's always best to kind of um have that broader range to really try try and, and kind of get some sort of homeostasis back yeah yeah yeah, that's such a good um, insight because there is definitely some probiotics where you see in the marketing, it's like they're literally going to cure your life. I'm like, whoa, those claims are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I can see why people feel like they need to take a probiotic all the time because when you look yeah. at that kind of stuff, it makes you feel like you do. Um, before we finish, because yeah. I'm conscious of the time, I want to, so I have a few questions that I love to ask just so listeners get to know you um, and then like if there's something that's resonated with them in this episode they will let you know where they can find um orla so my first one is are you tea or coffee oh i oh god i have to not have much coffee because of how it affects my digestion and my anxiety sometimes um so i probably would be green tea (laughs) uh meditation or journaling Oh God, you're making me choose. Um, I think meditation, but I love both. Yeah, same here. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Um, 
<laughs> lately I've been in bad habits because Ireland is awake on both time zones and both ends. Um, so I've been doing both, but I think I prefer to be up early and in bed early. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, what, if you could give yourself a superpower, what would it be? A superpower? Oh, wow. God, you really put me on the spot here. <laughs> um. I think it would be something to do with like healing people. Um, like I think I like I'm starting to do Reiki now, and I really feel like that's a superpower in itself. So maybe something that helps me go deeper with Reiki. Yeah, I love that. I would love as well to have the power to like refill stuff. So like if your bank account is empty, refill it. If you need oh, yeah. in your wardrobe, refill <laughs> it. Food, refill it. That'd be so handy, wouldn't it? I wouldn't mind refilling the bank account now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite self-care practice? Favorite thing to do for yourself to just slow down, tune in? Uh, meditation for sure like I've got my little I'm flexible in when I do it so I will do a meditation in the morning or the evening and like my journaling I'll do my cards I kind of have my little setup and depending on how much time I have I'll do like journaling meditation um Reiki baby and cards or sometimes it's just my little meditation just for myself yeah yeah I love that and what would you tell your 20 year old self if you could give her any oh. bit of advice. Um, I would tell her to dream big because it's going to fucking happen. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's so nice. And finally, where can listeners find you if they want to work with you, if they want to check out your circles, if you guys live in Australia? Um, they looked absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Um, so where can we find you? Yeah, so mostly on Instagram at the minute. Um, so you can find me at the health one. Um, I have my website as well. I've got a few links in my Instagram bio. Starting TikTok, it's not, I have to get committed to it. Um, and I've got my own podcast as well. So yeah, if you want to get in touch, want to start working with me, just go through and slide into my DMs or there's a link for a contact form in my Instagram bio as well. Perfect. And I'll leave all of Orla's details below for any of you who want to check them out. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Such an enjoyable conversation. <laughs>